Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, CEO of ScaleX.ai, the AI for sales channel expert on the Sales Expert channel. I'm here with Scott King today. Scott has the coolest title that I've ever come across in the last couple of years, and that is, no, it's not special guest, it's director of Pipeline. So Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Chad. What, a, what an amazing time in the world with the advent of AI. I guess it's been out for decades, but it's just starting to come to the forefront of sales and marketing. So today's topic is Moneyball Marketing. We're, we're going to define what that is for you in a moment. Uh, before we do that, if this is your first time attending the Sales Expert channel, there will be links underneath the webinar today, so you'll be able to download information about Scott. He puts out an amazing marketing blog and weekly newsletter. He does webinars, so love for you to uh, check out his information and download some of the links. The So with that, uh, let's get started. AI for Sales, if you don't have the book, it's available at amazon.com. 21 chapters, 21 different categories, of companies that leverage AI, everybody from the data providers in chapter one, all the way through to social selling AI in chapter 21. So it's a great, short, quick read. I'm told over 5,000 copies sold, and uh, we're glad you're part of this webinar series today. We're also putting this out live on the AI for Sales podcast through the C-suite network, so you'll be able to check us out there as well. All right, so let's get started. Tell us about your company and do you leverage AI in your sales and marketing motion at all at Zimperia? So do we leverage AI in sales and marketing or does the product do AI? Well, I guess it could be, it could be both questions. Does the product okay. use AI and do you use AI in your sales and marketing motion? All right. So, uh, so, like Chad said, I'm a director of pipeline over at Zimperium, and Zimperium is in the mobile security space. So we essentially make sure that your devices and apps uh, have, uh, you know, are are not uh, unprotected, right? So we're looking for mobile apps that have vulnerabilities or risks um, when they're on third-party devices. These would be like you and me, like if we use mobile banking. Uh, and then also we do device security. So if you put a security app on your device, um, it'll tell if you're being hacked or not. And does it leverage AI? Yeah, a whole lot of AI because a phone by itself, an Android phone or an iPhone does not know if it's being attacked or not. So we essentially read all the usage statistics uh, and all the metadata from the phone. And uh, we use AI to tell you if you're being hacked or not. Wow, that's amazing. I have a friend from college that today sent me one of those links in LinkedIn that said, hey, uh, here's the proposal you asked for. And I, you know, went through Facebook and said, hey, I think you may have been hacked. And she said, sure enough, uh, I didn't send that to you. So yeah, uh, it's, it's prevalent. It happens yeah. every day, millions and millions of people. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of AI solutions that do uh, phishing detection as well, and uh, and we do phishing on mobile. So, if you click on that uh, on your mobile device, I'll tell you if it's a good or bad link. Wow, that's pretty cool. So there you go, AI in mobile phone security. What about on the other side of it then? So are you using it in your sales and marketing motion? 
So, I mean, we use AI, I mean, we have some marketing automation that I would say would be AI. So we're reading certain metrics from uh, the website or a sales cadence to make decisions on the back end of what type of content to serve uh, to our visitors. And then we also use AI in our pipeline process to really look at, you know, where, uh, you know, where are we getting revenue, right? So uh, where's the highest propensity prospect? Interesting. You know, I just heard of a company this morning. Uh, it starts with an M. It ends with AI. I, I uh, will leave the middle terms. I think they're still in stealth mode. But this is a company that plugs into Eloqua. And instead of a human doing the A-B testing, the AI looks across everything. What are the open rates? What type of verbiage is getting the best opens and clicks and replies? What subject lines? And it uses AI to optimize your deployment of Eloqua. Um, I also know a guy here in Boulder who built an SEO company with eight people writing up the articles. And he does this for big companies, big tech companies. He now let the entire team of eight people go and he's using AI to write the articles. So he can go in and type in, you know, AI for sales, whatever the topics are, the, the keywords that need to be optimized for, the AI can actually write the article better than he found these eight people could write. Yeah, so, and, and a lot faster too, right? And a lot faster, better, faster, cheaper, right? Yeah. All right, so let's get to know you, Scott. Um, where'd you grow up? Are you Texas by birth or where are you from? Um, I was actually born in Texas. I've lived nowhere else other than Texan, so I'm a native Texan. Uh, I do get a lot of questions on where I'm actually from when I tell people that I'm from Texas because I don't have a huge accent uh, and people expect that. So uh, always lived in Texas, I love it here. Um, it's a big spot, so there's lots of places to uh, travel to and lots of things to do. Uh, and so I ride my bike all around Texas, uh, I love it. And then uh, what I study in college, uh, so I went to Texas Tech University out in Lubbock. Uh, I raced bikes out there. Uh, so uh, I studied actually engineering and advertising. Interesting. So you leverage a lot of those skill sets in the role you're in today, right? Yeah, and I think because I'm just innately curious about stuff, I know a lot about, or, or a little about a lot, rather. Um, you, you know, kind of Cliff Clavin-like, uh, but, uh, you know, I think just my curiosity kind of led me to... Um, to the marketing side from sales. So I, I basically started in sales. Yeah, got it. Well, so let's go back further. I've found that, you know, as, as adults, we often live, you know, you start when you're young, you have a passion, and then your parents influence you, your teachers, everybody else in life. And before you know it, you're middle age and doing something that maybe you did or didn't love. Uh, but I, I always find it curious that at age five or six is where your real passions were, in, were created, right? So taking off all those filters of life, what were you passionate about when you're five, six, seven years old? Wow, what was I passionate about? So if I was five or six or seven, uh, I was probably just starting to ride my bike. Uh, I still do that. Uh, I was probably hanging out with my grandfather a lot, and uh, we would go fishing quite a bit. Um, and then I'd probably go hunting with my dad. Uh, I was always tinkering with stuff, 
uh, he was a general contractor, so he would take us to job sites, so we would see stuff being built. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, you know, I would probably say I was I was into a lot of different sports, and uh, you know, playing soccer, riding bikes, and uh, I definitely was not reading. Uh, reading was not a passion until later in life. Interesting. So you were curious when you were younger. And you're still curious and you leverage that curiosity as a skill set in your current job you're in today. I'd like to expose that to people that are younger in their careers because maybe, you know, they haven't decided what to do yet. And if you can go back to your roots to when you're a kid, for me, it was being competitive. I held the rope climb record for six years in a row, first grade through sixth grade. Even when I was in college, I'd go back and I'd see my gym teacher Mr. Trelfa at church on a Sunday coming home for Thanksgiving. And he would say, yep, you still hold the record. And then one year, finally, I think I was a senior in college. He said, Chad, bad news. You lost the fifth grade record. (laughs) You know, so I've I've learned to, to parlay that level of competitiveness into sales and now being a CEO of a company. So I think your curiosity you know, aligning your skills with what you're doing is super important. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, just, I think if people are curious and basically just Google everything because the answer is out there, you just have to ask the question. Ask the question in the right way. I just did that. I said, what's the market size for outsourced B2B? And then 20 minutes later, the CEO of a company called and said, oh, I've got all that for you. I'll send it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Maybe the AI was watching me do my Yeah, nice, nice. Um, Okay, so AI for sales is still a bit of a nebulous term, right? I talked to Pam Didner. She was the the keynote. In fact, that's my next call coming up here shortly. And, um, you know, what is AI for sales? And then drill down, money ball marketing. What do you mean by that? Um, So AI for sales, I would think about, you know, just think about what your sales process is, no matter what it is there are certain pinch points or friction points that, um, that are prevalent in your sales cycle. It could be creating proposals. It could be writing content. It could be making sales calls or sending emails. Just find out where those points are and look to leverage automation or artificial intelligence um, in those pinch points and just do it one at a time. Uh, make sure that you get one friction point, uh, you remove that friction, and you move on. So it's basically constraint-based optimization, if you remember, remember back from our I2 days. Yes, interesting. Um, there's a, yeah, I think I mentioned that already, right? The company that's gonna be doing AP testing at scale on an A-B test basis done by the AI. So what Scott's saying is, hey, you don't have to have AI to do that. You can. You can actually do it on an A-B level. Let's test the subject line. Now let's test the length of the email. Now let's test the data set, right? You, you have to, just like my electrical uh, at, at my home office, I have an electrical problem and it's my birthday in a, in a few days. And guess what? That electrical problem, I called my friend, the electrician in town, and he said, you just have to narrow it down, right? Go to one yeah. outlet at a time, unplug it. And it's the same concept. It's um, same concept. Yeah, I think if you um, if you also increase the feedback cycle. So if you if you take a um, you know if 
I'm trying to think of a big, uh, uh, you know, oil drum, let's call it, right? Put a marble inside of an oil drum and spin it around. And it takes, uh, you know, it probably takes a, a couple of seconds to go and make it all the way around the drum. Well, now put the same marble in a teacup and see how fast that you can roll it around. Uh, it, it's sub-second. So the marble is actually traveling at the same speed, but the feedback cycle is so much shorter that you get better and better results. So just shorten your feedback cycle. Wow, that's huge. There you go, Moneyball Marketing. Um, we already talked about this, so let's, let's move to the next one. I like to expose, what are you using? It can be AI or not, right? As, as some of my reps on my team will say, Chad, I don't know if that's AI. And I tell them, I don't care if it's AI, BI, CI, or DI, as long as it's improving the process for a sales professional to get more meetings, book more pipeline, and ultimately close more sales. Um, are you using something today that's helping you get an advantage over your competition or drive pipeline? I mean, we do have, uh, you know, chatbots and things like that on, on the website. And, you know, I think that's the most obvious form of AI because it's just answering questions. But, you know, I think I, I would tell people to use common sense because sometimes, uh, you know, that is artificial intelligence because, uh, you know, I don't know why they call it common sense. if It's not so common. Right. Uh, but really just think with your head, um, you know, and I love I love LinkedIn. I love trying to figure out like how the LinkedIn algorithm is working because it changes all the time. And I've noticed that people actually um, have have figured that out. Um, and then also there's a really cool tool for social called Snipply, I think it is. And uh, it'll do retargeting on your social posts. So if someone clicks on a social post, uh, it'll place a pixel out there and do retargeting ads for them. So I like that one too. That was cool. Well, hey, that was Pam Didner. Speaking of, <laughs> I was gonna invite her in for the last five minutes of the conversation, but uh, she popped. So I guess for everybody on this call, you're gonna have to wait till the Pam Didner interview. She was the keynote at B2BMX in Arizona not too long ago. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. All right, last question, Scott, and then we'll move forward. How does a sales pro decide what tools? I think it goes back to your last question, right? Use common sense if you have a problem in a certain area, but what have you found uh, if you're trying to discover new tools and technology, what do you do? Yeah, I think, I mean, the sales professional, it's, it's tough, right? Because the, the buyer has access to just as much information as the sales professional. However, you know, a lot of times the buyer is more educated uh, than the sales pro because the buyer is actually doing the research and spending hours on it. Um, so I would just encourage the sales pros to, you know, one, stay on top of your game, uh, subscribe to a couple of newsletters, make sure that you know relevant stories. Um, you know, from a tools perspective, I think just automate stuff that, you know, you're already doing. So look at what you're doing all day and look at, you know, how many times you click your mouse or hit your keyboard, figure out how to automate that stuff because it, it can be, and then that, that'll save your time for other things. Right. You know, AI for sales to me is using automation to help automate those tasks that are repetitive and add very little to no value, right? If I go do research on a company and I find, I could go to Zoom Info, Sales Intel, 
there's a number of different data providers that you can go say, show me all the companies that deployed Salesforce that are five to $10 million, export a list. Man, people still spend so many hours and hours manually hunting and pecking that information when it's available at your fingertips. So how do we use AI to move our sales teams to the next level of professionalism and performance? I think things are about to get interesting. I had a call like this with Ben Sims from MarketSource. He tracks the red zone time and the green zone time, right? Customer facing selling time is only about 33%. But their goal as an organization from an outsource perspective is, hey, our salespeople are in the green zone 70 to 80% of the time, and they only do red zone activities 20% of the time. So I think as a country and as a you know, as a space, a sales, sales and marketing needs to get much, much better at leveraging the person to do the part of the job that they should be doing. I would never have my brother who's an anesthesiologist go out and recruit people to do anesthesiology on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? yeah. He's just there doing his thing. Yeah. And I think salespeople are out recruiting people to do anesthesiology on. I think that needs to change. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really, you know, I, I like the green red zone analogy. Uh, I would imagine that a lot of people, uh, if they looked at their weekend schedule and their weekday schedule of red green, um, they may be surprised because the weekends are packed full of stuff. And, and basically, we're overscheduled. So kind of maybe run your week like you do your weekend if you have kids in sports and you're going to concerts and you're going to dinner and you're meeting friends and you do 20 different things on a Saturday, like just do that Monday through Friday. Yeah, very cool. I'll leave everybody with one technology while we're on this slide, Chronologic. They're at B2BMX and what they do is when it comes to the point of scheduling a meeting, so let's say it's a certain point in your cadence or sequence, or let's say it's a white paper download, imagine on a white paper download, if immediately you got, you got an automated calendar invite, Hey, Scott, glad you downloaded the white paper. Here's 10 minute uh, intro conversation. Like to walk you through the white paper and blank, do something of value. They're seeing three to four times as many meetings booked by automating the meeting schedule process and not leaving it up to chance of a human because we as humans may second guess when we should send the calendar invite out. Um, so I think the balance between pissing off the prospect because I just downloaded a white paper and automating it, that'll be the balance. But I think these guys are really onto something. So chronologic with a K. That's cool. That's cool. All right, everybody. Scott, the director of pipeline from Zimperium, his company uses AI to protect your mobile device. So if you have an hacking problems, check it out. Zimperium with a Z. And uh, I appreciate your time, Scott. I look forward to seeing you in Dallas soon. Mm -hmm.